Hey everyone, Dr. Pat and I would personally like to invite you to join us in our Grow My Baby program. This is week-by-week pregnancy and birth information developed from our experience of helping more than 4,000 women grow and birth their babies. All our links are on our website, growmybaby.com.au. If you're trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant and you feel a little bit overwhelmed by all you need to know, then this is the right podcast for you. Welcome to the show. I'm Bridget Maloney. And I'm obstetrician Dr. Patrick Maloney. And this is The Kick, your expert-led podcast that delivers the essentials of growing a baby. Make sure you head to our website, growmybaby.com.au, to get some awesome free tools like our Pregnancy Knowledge Checker to help you feel like you got this. Well, welcome everyone to episode 46. And today we've got a treat for you. We're going to be interviewing Kath Bequee. And Kath is a women's physiotherapist. And this is based on a listener request. So we get all your listener requests through our Instagram page, which is at grow underscore my underscore baby. And this one was from a person who had had a diagnosis at 15 weeks, poor thing, that's very early, of symphysis pubis dysfunction. Now, Kath talks about this as pelvic girdle pain. So uh, we'll be talking to Kath about what we can do and how to treat it. But before we get into that, I wanted to firstly talk about reviews. So thank you to everybody that's already done a review for us on our Apple iTunes account. If our podcast has helped you, we invite you to help us by leaving a written review. So it's really great when you uh, do the five-star tick. That is so fabulous. What counts even more is when people write a review. So I want to read one review. This is from Alec. So helpful. I was recommended this podcast while pregnant with my first baby. I listen to a bunch of pregnancy-related podcasts, but this is my absolute favourite. Bridget is a wonderful host, thoughtful and easy to listen to, and Dr. Pat is a font of knowledge. I learn lots, and when my pregnancy had some issues, the episodes were enormously comforting. Now, I recommend this podcast to every pregnant friend. So, I mean, I may have read that out because it said I was a wonderful host, but um, <laughs> a lot of them are just so exciting and it really helps us to understand what you want to hear, where we're going with the podcast and how we can help you. So let's talk about Kath. Kath is just also a font of knowledge and she speaks beautifully on this podcast about everything to do with your pelvis during pregnancy. She's a mum of three young girls and she talks about her own pelvic girdle pain during her pregnancies. She's a physio. She works long hours, I suppose, in her clinic as well, as you know, we're very familiar with Dr. Pat working long hours in his clinic. So she also has an online program. This is the Fitness Mama program and it has safe pregnancy and postnatal workouts and resources. So listen along, see what you think. Go over to Kath's Instagram page, which is at Fitnessed Mama, so that's F-I-T-N-E-S-T-M-A-M-A, and uh, yeah, follow along with Kath. Radio. let's get into it, everyone. Well, welcome, Kath. I'm just so thrilled that you could be with us today on the Kick Pregnancy Podcast. We've not had a physio on yet, so um, I'm so glad to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. It's great to be here. We are often DM'd on Instagram about pelvic pain during pregnancy, And from my own perspective, pelvic pain was such a big part of my pregnancies that I can totally empathise with women that are having pelvic pain in their pregnancy. 
One of the biggest things that uh, people ask us about is um, symphysis pubis dysfunction. And to be honest, I didn't know that term. So I just thought we'd start with, uh, well, what is that term? What does that mean? That term is a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Oh, I can't even say it without stumbling. <laughs> Symphysis pubis dysfunction, absolutely. And there's so many terms that you hear, and it all pretty much means the same thing. Pelvic instability used to be a more a common term, and luckily it's not as commonly used these days, which I'm really happy with because I think – the pelvis is such an inherently stable joint and to be told when you're in pain that you've got a pelvic instability mm. and you've got an unstable pelvis, I don't think that's helpful at all and it's quite scary, I think, that term. Yeah. So I'm very happy that that term isn't used as much but you might still hear it. Pelvic girdle pain is another commonly used term. People often also describe it as low back pain or sciatica when it might actually be this pelvic girdle pain. So I tend to use the word pelvic girdle pain because it encompasses your pubic symphysis, which is at the front of your pelvis yep. in the middle. And then it also, pelvic girdle pain, I feel also incorporates the sacroiliac joint area at the back. So any sort of pain around that pelvic girdle area is commonly referred to as pelvic girdle pain. And you're right, it can be terrible, can't it? Oh, it's so painful. And I think it really impacted my enjoyment of my third and fourth pregnancies. And we'll get into, you know, when we talk about uh, what we need to do to help it later. But this whole idea came from somebody that actually requested this podcast who was diagnosed with pelvic girdle pain at 15 weeks, which I feel is like, you poor thing, <laughs> it's a long way to go if you've been diagnosed with pelvic girdle pain at that stage. So can you just maybe go back a step and talk to us about, well, what is the cause of that? Yes, look, it's so multifactorial and there's so many different reasons why you might have pelvic girdle pain. And sometimes there's no known reason. Like, so I'll, I'll talk through what are thought to be the common, I guess, risk factors per se. Pregnancy. <laughs> pregnancy, absolutely. So firstly, there's hormonal changes that happen during pregnancy and mm. these are thought to soften the ligaments and you've got a lot of ligaments around the pelvis and your lower back and these hormones are really important and they're fabulous for pregnancy because they allow your pelvis to expand. If you're going to give birth via vaginal delivery, they allow your pelvis to expand to allow the baby's head to descend through and body to descend through the pelvis. So they're really important hormones mm. and they have such a beautiful, important role in the body. But unfortunately, they, they tackle every joint in the body. And so that's why women, one reason why women might be predisposed to pelvic girdle pain, because it's not as if they're making the joints really loose, but even by creating an extra degree of movement, can sometimes be enough to cause irritation. And I think that combined with postural changes that occur with pregnancy. So when you think about a pregnant woman, a lot of people think about that curved back. It's harder. We're on a podcast, right? So yeah. we're talking this through. I'd love to hold a photo. I know. They're really arched back. Yeah, the yeah. arched back, exactly. So the arched back, you've got more bend at the hips. You've got the typical pregnancy waddle happening. Mm. So there's the postural changes that can happen. And with that, you've got stretched muscles. And stretched muscles are generally weaker muscles. So there's mechanical changes happening too with different mechanical forces. So it's quite complex. 
But it pretty much comes to the way your body is during pregnancy. It's different to before you're pregnant. And then sometimes baby positioning is also thought to be a contributing factor. And I've had a few women who I've been treating and then suddenly they'll just wake up one morning with no more pelvic girdle pain and they swear that their baby turned overnight. Yeah, I could imagine that. Well, it might be worthwhile for you to describe how some women describe to you what pain they're feeling. I still remember vividly the pain I felt, but what what do people tell you? I had it really badly with my second pregnancy. My first pregnancy was great, no issues at all. You know, you think you've got this whole pregnancy thing down pat and then second pregnancy, bang, I had it and struggled to walk. But in terms of what my clients and members say, it's a huge range of symptoms. So for some women, luckily, they might just get a bit uncomfortable at nighttime and when they're in bed, they might find they just have to adjust their position that they lie in in bed because they're a bit achy and they need a few more pillows and then they can sleep through the night. Whereas for other women, with each step they take, I saw in the clinic yesterday, someone said it felt like her leg was being ripped off. Oh, oh, the poor thing. <laughs> so that's not very nice thought, but sharp shooting pain is really common. Yeah. So it can, it can range from very mild symptoms to almost like stopping you from walking. I, How every, did yours feel? Yeah. Every now and then I would feel that sort of kind of shearing pain. It would sort of hold me. I'd have to hold myself still for a minute and then, then I could move on and, it, and that pain came unexpectedly. But the pain that I really didn't love was the kind of nervy pain around my pubic symphysis. So that's, you know, right in the middle of the pelvis and, and like you're walking around, you know, not really wanting to describe your pain to people, but you're like, Oh my God, my fanny really hurts. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the pain that I was having at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So pain is commonly felt either at the front, like as you said, in the pubic symphysis. And sometimes that can go down into the groin area, either the left or the right or both sides. Yeah. And sometimes even travel further down the inner thighs. And then sometimes the pain might be more in the butt cheeks, like either on the left or the right or sometimes both together. Sometimes it can also be into your lower back and then sometimes down the back of your thigh too. So it's really tricky. And it is tricky, isn't it? And somebody um, mentioned that they have like pressure in their bottom all the time. Is that pelvic girdle pain? Oh, that would be worth investigating a bit more. Like if it's an internal pressure in their bottom, I'd be just asking a few more questions and a few more assessment to find out if that's a prolapsy sort of symptom or it could be more if it's more in their glutes that they're talking about, that sort of pressure discomfort in their glutes, that could definitely be that sacroiliac joint area. So you mentioned that there's some multifactorial issues. So are some women more predisposed to it? Unfortunately, with pelvic girdle pain, research is really tricky first of all, because it's such a broad range of symptoms. As it is with lots of pregnancy issues. Yeah. So we're not going off great, um, <laughs> any great data. quality yeah, data here. But there's a few things that we could consider here. What's your job like? I do find a lot of my mums that have jobs on their feet during their pregnancy, teachers on and off having to get on and off the floor with their children, like a primary school teacher, mums with toddlers that can't rest and they're lifting up their toddlers. So I think those sorts of things can definitely predispose you to pelvic girdle pain. 
that's why I always say to my pregnant mums, if you can get into the habit as soon as possible to brainstorm ways to not lift up your toddler while you're pregnant, it can be really helpful. And trying to be think about it preventatively rather than treat pelvic girdle pain can sometimes be better. So that might mean you're avoiding lifting your toddler as much as possible. You might. Which is so hard, particularly when they're crying out and <laughs> oh. they just, all they want to do is for you to pick them up. I but know. Yeah, we do the me sit down, toddler, climb onto my lap. You know, that's how we would have yeah. our cuddles. Cuddles. Yeah. One of the biggest things that our in-house physio told me is just really concentrate on the things that you know are putting stress and strain and, and God, that was just one of them. <laughs> yeah. And another one is using a set of steps, like lightweight. It might be a lightweight plastic steps from Kmart or something, but something that you can move around the house from the bathroom so that your toddler can climb up the step or two steps to wash their hands on and off the change table, that sort of thing too. Yeah. And if you're preparing them for a little, a new baby coming into their lives, then that's not such a bad idea too, because you're really fostering that independence and they love it. They love being able to do stuff themselves. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's also a lot nicer to do that while you're pregnant. I think if when you come home, if you had been lifting them up throughout their whole pregnancy and then you suddenly come home with a newborn baby and you say to your toddler, sorry, Hannah, can't lift you anymore. I'm only lifting this newborn baby. Sorry. Yeah. So there's many reasons why getting into that habit during pregnancy can be really helpful. Oh, you're so right. So, I mean, we're talking about this and you and I have had it, but how common is pelvic girdle pain? You're listening to The Kick with Dr. Pat and Bridget. How many times have you Googled something about your pregnancy? When I was pregnant all the time, Dr. Pat. (laughs) We get it. You may be confused or overwhelmed. It's normal to want information, but where's the reliable stuff from experts? Yeah. Now, if you like our podcast, Dr. Pat and I have developed an online program to help guide you through whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. It's taken us literally two years to put it together. Two long, hard years, wasn't it? (laughs) But, you know, it is a game changer in how pregnancy information is given. Now, how it works is uh, you get to sign up at whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. Like, So you could be pre-pregnant, in your very early stages of pregnancy, late pregnancy, preparing for birth, or maybe you've just brought your baby home. And you get lots of information around that. And then you also get to join our closed Facebook group. We've called in all our contacts too. So we've got a dietitian, an anaesthetist, physiotherapist. Sonographer. Yeah, who else? A pediatric nurse, obstetrician, mother of four. Oh, just all the people you need to hear from. So if that's you, come and join us at www.growmybaby.com.au. So there's a few studies and Cochrane Review to show that it's thought to be as common as two in five pregnant women. Whoa. But then some reports are actually higher. So yeah. it's really common. But even two and five, that's high, yeah. That's 40%. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if if you take into every account every pregnancy, I wouldn't be surprised if it's higher. So, I mean, this poor person who contacted us, she was only 15 weeks, but what is there a common stage of pregnancy for uh, pelvic girdle pain to be diagnosed? Due to hormonal changes and all the different changes that are happening in the body, it is commonly diagnosed in that second trimester. And 
approaching that third trimester. But having said that, I do still have women who are 34 weeks that come and see me. But generally, they've had it grumbling along for quite a few weeks before they come to see me. So I I do say it probably does hit in the second trimester. And sometimes it actually does improve. If you can get onto it sooner rather than later, I'm all for being so proactive and trying to nip it in the bud as soon as possible to stop it lingering as much as possible. All right. Well, well, let's go down that path then. What can somebody do to prevent pelvic girdle pain? We've talked about sleeping. Yep. So look, if they're getting pain when they're sleeping, often that's one of the first warning signs, I think. So like I often ask the question, have you got any pain in your pelvis? And they say, oh no, I feel fine during the day, but I I am achy at night time. So if you're achy at night time, I would be thinking, okay, I need to perhaps think about modifying a few things now to try to nip that in a bud. So a few things we can do is, as we said, let's get on to as many strategies as possible to try to stop lifting. So whether or not that's at work or your toddler, of course, there'll be times you need to lift your toddler. I get it. I've got three kids. But, you know, even if you can reduce it 20%, 30%, 50%, that's amazing. And then the the other thing would be to look at how much you're walking. So walking, it's considered a really great exercise for pregnancy. It's low impact. It's free. It's easy to do. It's great. But unfortunately, if you have pelvic girdle pain, there might, it might irritate your pelvic joints. There's a lot of shearing forces that are thought to happen with walking. So I don't say to my mum, stop walking for the rest of your pregnancy, but I do say, look, let's trial really pulling back on your walks for five days or so. And we'll replace that with something else. But really, let's try to stop any aggravating factors. Let's stop the lifting. Let's stop the walking. And let's instead replace that with rest. So periods of horizontal rest through the day can be amazing. It's it's thought to have a bit of an inflammatory component to it, pelvic girdle pain, so inflammation. Yeah. So if we can settle that inflammation down, it's thought to really help. And this is what I find works best for my clients and members. So throughout the day, let's start icing proactively icing to help reduce that inflammation. And so where would you actually be putting the ice? Good question. If you've got pain at the front, I'd be putting it on the pubic symphysis, so that bony bit right at the bottom at the front of your pelvis. And if you've got pain at the back, I'd be putting it on where it's sore, so the SI, around the SIJ joint. So if you can ice for 20 minutes or so, every few hours throughout the day, And when you're icing, you're lying down to ice, so it's horizontal rest, so you're removing gravitational forces. Icing combined with horizontal rest combined with no lifting and no walking, I think those four things can work wonders, and I've had such positive feedback. So my tip for anyone, if you've got a bit of a grumbling niggle, try just a few solid days. I know it's hard, but maybe over the weekend – when you've got a bit of extra help perhaps or you don't have to be at work and trial it. There's no harm done, right? Yeah. And it might really help to nip it in the bud so that then you can get back to gradually doing your normal things. And what would people be replacing their walking with? I know it's only just a short period of time, but, you know, if it's a long term over their pregnancy. Yeah, as you said, if it's just a few days, look, let's just rest. <laughs> let's cut it out. But if it is going to be longer than a week or a few weeks, There's a few different options. Water is amazing. 
So hopping in the water and walking in the water even, by walking in the water, you could have 70% of your body weight supported. So only 30% of your body weight's going through your pelvis. So it could be pain-free. It's not putting those pressures through your pelvis. There's something great if you're based in Melbourne, and there might be different ones around the place, but something called Aquamums, really great program. I used to be an Aquamums instructor back in my day, and it was lovely. And I used to do it as well when I was pregnant. Water is a really lovely place to exercise. Um, But then there's also pelvic girdle pain-friendly workouts available, and that's what I provide inside Fitness Mama, a whole module on pelvic girdle pain-friendly workouts. So there's a lot of different exercises that can be rejuvenating, that can help you feel good afterwards, that aren't putting the stresses and strains on your body. So there's a lot of different options, but asking around at your local clinics if they've got any pregnancy-friendly Pilates available or an online program that has pelvic girdle pain-friendly options. So there are a few different options. And I'd have to, I mean, gosh, put such a plug in for doing the work during your pregnancy because you've got your pelvis for a long time after. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's been seven years since I had my last child, but I'm still having pelvic pain. So, you know, I I do Pilates, I do yoga, I do um, specific pelvis exercises. Yes. So, you know, Please check out Kath's Fitness Mama pregnancy program and just have someone that is an expert in that field to guide you through that. So this isn't just something you can wing it, would you suggest, Kath? Look, I do suggest I am a huge believer of modifying your exercise during pregnancy because your body is at an increased risk of injury as for all the reasons we just said, postural changes, hormonal changes, mechanical changes, your muscles are weakened. So yeah, I do think it's a, it's a great time to really modify your workouts and pay special attention to your pelvic floor and core. Because as you said, we've got our pelvic floor forever and we want to remain continent for the rest of our life if possible. And at the end of the day, pregnancy and childbirth, they're just nine months. They're nine very important months, but that postnatal rehab phase, like as you said, you're seven years on and you're still feeling the effects, that postnatal rehab doesn't go for six months. Like it goes for a longer period and it's such an important phase. And I'm the same. I'm three years postnatal and whenever I do certain exercises, I can feel my right side has got a little bit less stability. I'm a bit more wobbly if I'm in single leg standing and that's the side I had my my SIJ pain, my pelvic girdle pain. So you're right. Rehab, it takes persistence and it takes a long time and it's a slow process. And I think it's important for it to be a slow process too and not to rush that postnatal rehab. Yeah. I remember um, one of our instructors when I, I totally thought I was ready to go back to sports, self-diagnosed. I know I live in a household with an obstetrician, but, you know, let's forget that for a minute. <laughs> but I went, I, I took myself back to exercise when I thought it was appropriate. And one of the exercises we were doing was star jumps. I mean, gosh, that would be one of the worst exercises ever for a postpartum mum. Don't get me started on star jumps, Bridget. <laughs> I bet. Uh, during, um, I was a member of the gym and... When lockdown happened and all the gyms closed, they gave us this free app to use. 
And so I thought, okay, this is great. We're in lockdown. Let's give it a go. And the first exercise for warm up was star jumps. And then they did another exercise. And then the third exercise again was star jumps. And I thought, what is this? I've had three kids. Yeah. I am not doing star jumps. Just biomechanically, it's probably the exercise that puts the most downward pressures through the pelvic floor. So if you didn't have leaking before, you probably will with star jumps. Absolutely. <laughs> so there's so many better exercises out there. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, say if I've modified everything um, and I'm going off to water aerobics and I'm resting and icing and everything, but I'm still having trouble, is there another phase of treatment for women that have got that much pain with their pelvis? Yeah, absolutely. So self-management, look, if you're in pain, don't put up with pain. Go and seek treatment as soon as possible. Yeah. You might need some face-to-face -face massage, um, prescription of belts, um, some exercises. But some for some people, self-management strategies work beautifully to nip it in the bud. So that might include getting a spiky ball into your glutes, a bit of butt massage with the spiky ball is beautiful, some glute stretches. Um, there's some really nice like open book stretches to stretch your thoracic area. There's some really nice things you can try at home. But if it's not working and you're resting and you're icing and you're doing all the things, definitely go and seek help. So soft tissue work, massage, belts is a big topic, belts, which we can go into if you'd like to. But some women also need a crutch or two crutches. Or a wheelchair. Yeah, that's not to say you'll have a crutch for the rest of your pregnancy, mm. but sometimes, again, it's to nip that pain in the bud. Let's settle down that inflammation. Let's really try to rest as much as possible and deload the pelvis, so take the load away from the pelvis, and a crutch can be really helpful with that um, for a short term or perhaps you need it for the rest of your pregnancy. But it's not as scary or it doesn't mean you're going to be on a crutch for the rest of your life. But if it can help with your pain, I think that can be amazing. I definitely needed a belt by my fourth pregnancy. And I did feel like I was trussed up like a chicken uh, by the time I'd got it on. Because I think at that stage I was wearing the SRC shorts plus the belt. Plus it was summer. So you think, ugh, <laughs> that's yeah. the last thing I want to do. <laughs> but it really did work, actually. The belt was, I felt super supported by that belt. So there's, as a physio, there's some tests you can do which give you a pretty good indication of whether or not you think the belt will be effective. So my advice would be don't go and buy a belt online because you might be wasting your money because they're not, you know, they're not cheap. So if you yeah. think you're at the stage where nothing else is helping, go to your local women's health physio because they can measure you up so you're not buying the wrong size and make sure it's going to work for you. And generally when you put on a belt, if it's going to work, it's pretty much straight away I find the women say, oh, this is great. Whereas some women put it on and think, oh, no, nah, it's not really making a difference. And if that's the case, I'll say, look, don't bother. We'll try something else because it's pretty amazing how you can often it's that immediate mm. feeling of relief. I am again going to say that I think you definitely need someone to help you put it on for the first time because it's it's a bit complex and you need to be have it in the right spot and yeah that that's not a DIY is it? No, so I I like the mitten belt, but you can put it on too tightly and it almost might cause more pain. So you're right, it has to be on put on properly in the right place with the right pressure. Yeah, so it's not not a DIY absolutely. 
So is there other treatment that you wanted to talk about? Because I want to go on to labour. I was just going to also mention the tubi grip. Oh, yeah. So you use the SRC shorts, which had that abdominal support. Yeah. Some women might not need, they might find a tubi grip is sufficient and it's a lot cheaper than the SRC shorts. Like the SRC shorts, are, wait, the pregnancy shorts often don't have that abdominal support. No, that was, I had those after. Yeah. So, so there's, the, again, there are a lot of different options, but tubi grips are a nice, relatively cheap option that provides that abdominal support. But again, you might just need the tubi grip that you wear during the day. You put on when you wake up and you take it off before you go to bed. And that might be enough to just help you feel a bit more supported. But sometimes women, I do send women home with tubi grip and mitten belt <laughs> loaded up. So <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just to get them through. All right, so we've gone through how to avoid it and uh, how to keep exercising if you do have pelvic girdle pain. And now I know what would be on women's mind, because it was certainly on mine, is um, coming up to labour. If I've got pelvic girdle pain, is there anything, any issues that women have going into labour? You know, the good thing about this whole conversation is that I find... No, women don't tend to have issues with labour. I know it's a big concern in the lead up and I do, like in the membership, I've got a, a lesson where we actually go through pelvic girdle pain friendly positions for labour. But on the whole, the, my personal experience and feedback from countless mums is when it gets to that stage, it's not an issue. But having said that, for some women it might be. So this is where you might want to check if your hospital's got a fit ball because sitting on the fit ball, doing some pelvic tilts, having, uh, again, it's a podcast, so here I am demonstrating it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> often the hospital beds are high-low, so you can put it up nice and high and rest your arms and your forehead on the bed, and then you can move around with the fit ball and do some lovely pelvic tilts. And so during the second stage of labour, during the surges or the contractions, having your pelvis supported with the fit ball can be lovely. And then kneeling as well. So if you're kneeling on the ground with your arms on the fit ball or arms on a chair, again, doing some pelvic rocks side to side, they're two lovely positions. And then when it comes to the pushing phase, again, four-point kneeling, it's great. Side lying is often would be fine with pelvic girdle pain and lying on your back as well would also be fine with the pelvic girdle pain. Generally, if you need to bring your knees up, that doesn't cause too much discomfort. So if, if you're listening to this podcast and you found your pelvic girdle pain was really challenging during labor, I would love to hear from you. So could you send me and Bridget a DM? It would be really interesting to hear. It really would because actually before today, as Pat was going off to theatre, um, I asked him about this particular question and he said he knows lots of people that have had pelvic girdle pain um, and he said it's never caused a problem during labour. But, you know, that's not saying that you're, you, you might be that one that it did. So, mm. yeah. So it's nice and reassuring. And the, the other thing to consider is a TENS machine can also again, provide that reassurance that you might only use it for the early stages of labour or maybe you want it for the whole time. But having a TENS machine, so for those who are listening don't know what a TENS machine is, it's a handheld device where you'd put two sticky electrodes on your lower back 
And then you can press a button which sends a sort of signal to those electrodes. So it's a pins and needly sort of sensation. And that can provide a really nice distraction for the pain. And it sometimes is used just in those early stages of labor. Sometimes women love it so much they use it throughout their whole stage of labor. But that can also be a nice consideration if you've got pelvic girdle pain. I think our in-house physio, she has that to hire. Is that how women get hold of TENS? Yeah, so there's quite a few different companies now where you can hire them. This is where Google's your friend. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, and also depends where you live. The main things I would be aware of is make sure it's got a nice, decent hire length. I remember when I first had it eight years ago, they only gave me two weeks hire. And it was a bit stressful in terms of knowing when you're going to give birth and are you going to go over? Yeah. Yeah. So I think a nice long higher time is great. And also some of the TENS machines time your contractions. So every time you press the button, if your contraction starts, it also times your contraction. So it's got that inbuilt timer. And I think that's also really nice. I have a distinct memory of holding my TENS in one hand and holding my phone with the time contraction app on the other hand. Yeah, right. So both yeah. my hands were full. Were full. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, this is not, this is not good. Like, this is not happening. I, yeah. Yeah. So, and you can attach it to your belt. So I think that's a really yeah. nifty thing to also look at if you're going to hire a TENS. I really wish I had it in my first, I, I had, I've had four cesareans for our long-time listeners. They would have heard me bang on about that a lot. But um, the first two were very, very long labours and then emergency seizures. But I really do wish that I had have hired a TENS for them. It just sounds like the kind of pain relief that I would have liked to have tried. So, um, yeah, maybe consider that. Yeah. All right. So mama's had her baby now, all very excited. What does she do now with her pelvic girdle pain? Does it just automatically go away? Well, again, there is some good news out of all this that in majority of cases, yes, the pelvic girdle pain isn't a huge issue in that postnatal period. Having said that, I don't have specific stats, but I'd say maybe 5-10% of women do have lingering pelvic girdle pain either for a short period of time or, you know, there's a, there are a few women that have it for a longer period of time. But I would be confident in saying the majority of women, once they've given birth, they no longer have their pelvic girdle pain, which is exciting, which is great. Big relief. Yeah, that must be <laughs> yeah, very good news. Yeah, I distinctly yeah. remember after I'd had my – I'd had a big cold in the lead up to my second pregnancy and every time I coughed, I just felt like my pelvis was – oh, I still have distinct memories of – having to sit down to cough so that my pelvis stayed. <laughs> it felt like my pelvis would stay intact. And as soon as I'd given birth, I think my cold pretty much went straight away, but I think I coughed once more and I had that realisation, oh, my gosh, that did not hurt me. I didn't, you know, jump through the roof. It was amazing. I still remember. Yeah, it's it, they're very distinct memories, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What about the uh, poor, poor 5 to 10%? And I'm going to put my hand up and say that I'm one of those. What would you suggest that person does? Not just for the 5 to 10%. I would suggest all women get 
started with a postnatal rehab plan. So those first six weeks still doing everything that you were doing during pregnancy, so trying to lift as little as possible, whether or not you've had a vaginal or a cesarean delivery, that horizontal rest, if you have got pain, still icing. And if you do have pain, again, seek treatment as soon as possible. For the manual therapy, you might need your belt readjusted, you might need some different size tubi grip, all, all those reasons. But then for all women, the great news with postnatal rehab is I believe there's some relatively recent research in the last few years to show that if you do participate in postnatal rehab, then that can help to reduce your chance of developing pelvic girdle pain the next pregnancy because you are more at risk, statistically speaking, I believe, to have pelvic girdle pain for subsequent pregnancies if you've had it once. But the good news is I think postnatal rehab is really helpful to help reduce your chance of it a second time. And I know that um, here in Australia, I'm not sure about other countries, and again, just DM us and tell us, you know, what happens for you in your country because uh, we've got listeners all over the world now. But in Australia, we're lucky enough for a, a physiotherapist to come to the hospital straight away. Now, in our clinic, we also uh, encourage people to come to our in-house physio afterwards because to be honest, you're a bit bamboozled when the physio comes to visit you in the hospital and and it's not really to test out pelvic girdle pain and things. So when, how soon after do you think a woman should see a physiotherapist? Oh, in the ideal world, it would be amazing if every single woman had access to pelvic floor assessment or postnatal check at the six-week mark. And I believe in England it's now all women that have a baby have one access to one session. So hopefully maybe anyone that's in the government listening to us, hopefully it's something on the cards for this country. Because look, if we think about the impact of continence on healthcare, billions of dollars are spent on it. And I know this this podcast isn't about continence, but it's pretty misunderstood as well. I think we might have to get you back, Kath, and talk about continence because we're talking all sorts of incontinence, including, you know, something as simple as not being able to hold in a fart. Like this is, these are things that women put up with, which um, obviously Dr. Pat and I feel very strongly about. So in our pregnancy package, in our clinic, you have a prenatal physiotherapy screening and a postnatal uh, availability as well. It's just so important to get that right. Absolutely. And I love the fact that your clinic is so proactive and holistic about it. I think that will just really help with women down the track. So yeah, my advice to anyone who's got pelvic girdle pain is if you can, so whether or not you need that face-to-face for manual treatment or whether or not it's an online program that can take you through postnatal rehab, such as the one I provide, but whatever works for you and fits in with your lifestyle, it's so important. So, Kath, can you just, you've mentioned it a couple of times and I'm so fascinated. So, with your online program, you ideally would like someone to join that during their pregnancy. Yeah, it's for both pregnancy and postpartum. So, for pregnancy, there's pregnancy-friendly workouts. There's um, childbirth information to help you through childbirth, like active birth techniques and perineal massage. So, there's resources for childbirth. And then there's the postnatal workouts as well. So, that 
I really do feel it's a step-by-step approach that women should be taking. Um, a lot of women do ask, when should I get back to running? And they're told three months or four months or whatever it is. I really don't like to put a time stamp on it. No. So I have developed 12-week return to running program because I feel rather than – like I see a lot of women in the clinic at eight months postnatal where – they finally come up for air. You know, they're finally perhaps having a good night's sleep. Their body's feeling better. They feel that they're eight months, so everything should have healed, and they suddenly get back into running. And that's where I might be seeing women in the clinic with issues for the first time ever of incontinence, of prolapse, aches and pains. So mm. it's not about, okay, I'm eight months postnatal, I can get back to running. I really do think women, all women need to have an approach of, okay, let's start with level one, basic foundations, pelvic floor core. Okay, let's bump it up a level. And then finally getting up to the single leg activities, getting into running and jumping and bounding before you start to hit the pavements. And whether or not that's running or tennis or ballet or, you know, I've got a ballet dancer at the moment in the membership. Um, yeah, wow. Or, yeah, just gymnastics hit like F45 and CrossFit and all. I think everyone needs to have an approach to – postnatal rehab or it might just be running around with your kids at the park yes yeah yeah, exactly we've sort of just thought that women can have their babies and then life returns to the life that they had before they had their babies and our big thing about that is that as a society we've got to uh, embrace the fact that this woman has been through such a massive change that let's give her the tools so that she can embrace her new life um, and not just get them to race back out. I remember, I mean, this is totally off track, but um, I remember when I had my first and my then parent-in-laws sort of couldn't wait until I, we could come out without the baby. And I think I felt the pressure to go out even at three weeks after a cesarean, uh, three weeks to go out for dinner with them. And that seemed to be the norm. But, you know, I hope even through listening to this podcast that people start to feel that this is your time, your time to grow into this idea of becoming mama and give yourself that time to heal and get ready for this next phase of your life. I love everything you've just said. And I'd just like to add, I feel that let's take, for example, football. If you're on the footy field and you get injured, we're very good at letting our footy players rest then and recover, whether or not they've had surgery or a hamstring tear, whatever it is, they rest, they recover. Then they start a period of rehab. So first they might be just doing some gentle stuff at the gym, then they do their run-throughs, then they might start their training, and then they won't even go back into a competitive match straight away. They might do a quarter or a half, and then finally they're at their competitive level. Whereas women two weeks after childbirth, our partners finished their parental leave and you might have to be back at the supermarket pushing a trolley with one hand and a toddler with the other. And I think as a society, we don't honour exactly like what you said. We don't honour that period of rest and rehab. And it's really hard for women to rest and rehab. Yeah. You saying pushing a trolley just reminds me of uh, one thing that our physio said to me is, you know, you struggle, you push the trolley and it's full and your legs are going akimbo trying to keep the trolley in line because they've got a mind of their own. And she said, stop doing that. Just turn the trolley on its side and push the trolley on its side. 
I'm going to do a reel or something with that in it because I know that that probably doesn't make any sense. <laughs> However, the other day I was at the supermarket and there was a woman who might have been 10 years older than me and here we are walking with our, our trolleys on the side <laughs> down the footpath and we all, we both looked at each other knowingly. Definitely those sort of, sort of daily tasks. Yeah, I do exactly what you said. And I even, when I was pregnant, again, this was before online shopping became a thing, but I stopped going to one supermarket because there were too many slopes. And my husband's not a big drinker, I'll just say this, but I had, I, we had run out of beer. And so <laughs> I wanted to pick up a slab of beer. And I hadn't even thought about the fact that I was nine months pregnant. Yeah, wow. I just, you know, so I, I put the beer in the trolley and that's fine. But then suddenly pushing it to the car on a slope, I had to ask someone else to help me. I just, I suddenly thought I cannot get this. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is not happening. I either leave the beer on the sidewalk or get someone, get a stranger to help me. It was. Did yeah, the stranger so no, say no, something no. like, oh, love, pushing the trolley, that's the least of your problems if you think you can have a slab of beer when you're nine months? <laughs> oh, I know. How bad is that? Nine months pregnant pushing a slab of beer. Oh, dear. Oh, that's very funny. All right. So do you think we've filled the bottle on on uh, pelvic girdle pain? Look, yes. I think take-home message for anyone that has it is don't put up with it. There's heaps that could be done to potentially manage it or like improve it, but perhaps sometimes we can't always fix it, but we can manage it and stop it getting worse. And then secondly, once you've had your baby, just because the pain's gone away, don't forget about it. Let's, you know, your body's done an amazing thing. Like you've just doesn't matter how you birthed the baby, but you've got a new baby and... You've grown a whole other human, we say. Exactly. And all women deserve to then give their body love and attention at some stage. Like once you come up from that newborn haze and you're ready to start your postnatal rehab, go for it. Excellent. All right. So I am just in awe of what we've covered and I know that that's going to help so many women. So thanks so much, Kath. And for everybody listening, Kath, your Instagram handle is at Fitness Mama. That's right. Yes, Fitness. So it's F I T N E S T M A M A. And I highly encourage everyone to follow Kath. She's got some really great tips, and and she's consistent and a bit more consistent than us on Insta. <laughs> um, but yeah, she she will really help you get through your pregnancy and um, look into her online pregnancy and postpartum course. I think that would be fabulous. Thank yeah. you. Thanks so much, Kath. Thank you, Bridget. And I've got a podcast as well. Oh, and I might have to get you onto my podcast about your experience with your four yeah, sure. kids and four cesareans. I'd love to speak to someone about that. Great. I will be happy to do that and uh, might drag Dr. Pat along. <laughs> These days I'm not seeing him much. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure we'll, we'll fit in some time. So that'd be lovely. <laughs> Thanks, Bridget. Thanks, Kath. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope that you've gained lots of knowledge about pelvic girdle pain and you've got some steps to help avoid it. Or if you actually have some pelvic girdle pain, some tips on how to manage it from here. Now, don't forget, if we're helping you along in your pregnancy, we invite you to leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Uh, Even if you're a Spotify listener, you can zip over and leave a review for us. Uh, That would be really great because it pushes it out to lots of other mamas that are trying to get along in their pregnancy as well. All right, keep well. We'll have you in our ears, or no, you'll have us in your ears, (laughs) more like it, uh, next time. See you now.